For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Okay, so um, that memorial for uh, victims of, in Israel and Palestine is adapted from something written by Norman Fisher, who spoke yesterday, which he called a brief memorial for those killed and injured in Israel and Palestine. So I want to say a little bit about that and a little bit about what Norman talked about here yesterday, and then have some discussion. Peace. How do we find peace in this crazy world? So much cruelty and brutality, as Norman said in his dedication. And I like his dedication because it uh, honors victims on both sides. As soon as we take sides and say that the people over there are less than human, not deserving of caring and kindness, then uh, we have war, or we can, can have war. So it's such a difficult situation now. People all over the world are calling for a ceasefire because there's so much brutality in uh, Palestine. So many children killed, hospitals and shelters bombed. Uh, but also people in Israel are afraid after the uh, also brutal attacks by Hamas. So how do we live? How do we practice? How do we center ourselves in the midst of such a, such a situation going on in the world and uh, broadcast to us in many ways? No answer. How do we stay aware? How do we stay open to kindness? So I, I, I don't know that I want to say much more. Well, I will say just that I'm so reminded of it, it, what happened October 7th was called Israel's 9-11, and I remember 9-11 here. And, uh, it seems like in our human world, Today, we have this impulse to lash out and retaliate. Uh, after 9-11 here, we invaded Iraq, even though Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. After many years of war in Iraq and Afghanistan, the United States waged, things are worse there than ever. So, the impulse to lash out, to do something, to retaliate is clear. Uh, and anyway, it's a difficult situation. And how do we encourage maybe ceasefire, although Israel fears ceasefire will allow Hamas to attack again? How do we encourage not trying to in disagreements with force and brutality, but how do we encourage discussion, cooperation, co-
collaboration, when there's disobedience. And as human beings, we are always facing disobedience. So I'm interested in hearing any responses that any of you have in the room or online about that. I also want to touch on some of what Norman talked about yesterday. He talked about truth and the teacher. And he talked about how sometimes teachers are, you know, considered some perfect beings. I can tell you we are not. <laughs> um, and in early American Zen, there was this kind of uh, almost guru worship at the times. Uh, charisma is a dangerous thing. <laughs> um, but Norman talked about how it's important to have a teacher. He talked about Buddha Dharma Sangha and how it's important to have a teacher not to tell you what to do, but to uh, see yourself, to engage and trust another, to check out the teacher and trust them and, and see if you can trust them and how you can trust yourself. So one of the things I wanted to say yesterday in the announcements that, and I didn't remember is that here at Ancient Dragon's Endgate, and this is something I've tried to do intentionally based on my experience at San Francisco Zen Centers, we have a number of teachers. So here in the room today, myself, Kogetsu, Asian, Yes, Eastern, uh, Rosan Eric Shutdown in Hyde Park, our lay and trusted teacher, Douglas Floyd, all of us are available if you want to talk about your practice. If you want to talk about Sazen, if you want to talk about the expression of Sazen in the rest of your life, in your everyday life, if you want to talk about how to find centeredness in this uh, difficult world, you're available to talk. So I'm available before the Sunday and Monday, Sunday morning and Monday evening programs in person, depending on schedules, but it's possible, or else on Zoom or online and uh, on this phone. And Hogetsu is available, and Nation's available. Douglas is available, Rezan's available. So uh, please support yourselves, find yourselves, find your own way to be yourself fully, to express your kindness and caring in this world because it needs it. So uh, maybe that's all I want to say tonight. Um, I'm interested in hearing. Any other any comments about peace or teaching or how we live in this world? So I just want to open this up for uh, people in the room. I can't see you all back there so well, but um, people online, um, please uh, bring your comments, responses, questions to any of us. And you people too. Yeah. And I do recommend that when Norman's uh, talk is posted on our website, please check it out if you were to yesterday. Uh, hello, Elliot. Hi. Oh, were you raising your hand or? No, that's fine. Oh, 
<laughs> okay. This technology will sometimes confuse And Jason, thank you again for speaking of your problem. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yes, wait. The situation in Israel and Palestine has really had me off kilter. Um, it feels very hard to stay grounded and balance. Hearing about all of this, um, I have quite a few Jewish friends. I grew up in a very Jewish part of uh, the Chicago suburbs. And so I, I really understand that generational trauma that's been happening for millennia. And it's also possible to ignore the horrible suffering of the Palestinian people over, again, as you said, quite a long time. I was talking to a good long-term friend of mine who lives in Dubai. And both of his parents are Palestinian, um, immigrated before he was born. And he has lost his entire, his extended family on both sides. Everyone that he's related to in Palestine has been killed. And the way that he's carried himself with grace, with compassion, has been awe-inspiring to me. To hear him talk about this with a level head, the way that, you know, he's not Buddhist, but, but he, he emanates this dharma and has managed not to carry any rancor. Um, and, and sadly, he's articulated that so many people around him have. Uh, it just feels like the world could use more people like Jeff Shepard. Yes, it's difficult. One of the things that's happening is attacks in, in this country, attacks on Jews, attacks on Palestinians, and Islam. Um, one, as a person raised Jewish, I'm offended by the idea that opposition to the Israeli government's program is anti-Semitism. That's like saying opposition to George W. Bush's invasion of Iraq is anti-American or 
propositions in Vietnam, one is anti-American. So uh, I don't know how the world does this, but we have to separate in our minds and our hearts the people from the governments and the militaries that the governments who get the militaries involved anyway. It's, uh, yeah, we're all sitting with this great poem. Ken, did you have your hand up? Ken Anderson, I don't know if you were just bashing or if you had a comment on it. Ken is one of our Sangha's veterans who served in the Navy. If you're speaking here, you're muted, Ken. Ken? Uh, maybe he's not speaking. Any other comments, responses, reflections? One of the things that we can do as Sangha is talk together about It's important that we be able to talk together about difficult situations. And as Norman was saying yesterday, you know, each of us, our opinions are just our opinions. How do we share this great, greater caring and truth, sadness, and compassion? Nicholas? No, Ken. Okay. Yes, please, Ken. Unmute. Ken, you're on mute. We can't hear you. Ken, you're still on mute. We cannot hear you. Please unmute. I want to hear you. (laughs) How's that? Is that better? Yes. Good. Okay, very good. Yeah, the um, uh, uh, certainly I have no uh, special insights into the world situation. I'm in the same boat as everybody else here. But one thing that comes to mind is that um, perhaps all the bloodshed that we've seen lately will act as a, a bit of a cumulation of the um, uh, all the, the tendency towards violence that we've seen in the media, starting, you know, well, the Ukraine situation and all the dialogue associated with that. Uh, that this would sort of culminate and that folks would realize that it just can't go on uh, because, you know, sooner or later it'll go global and affect everyone. Uh, I don't know that the United States is the best uh, fair broker in this situation, but maybe we need an institution that's going to be coming up generating solutions, skillful means, if you will, that will solve these situations, uh, whether it's related to the Holy Land real estate, uh, accommodation of reparations for perceived injustices, all of this. Uh, we have a lot of smart folks, you know, Mr. Musk and uh, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg and, uh, you know, various other folks. And uh, we need a bit of a brain trust generating solutions very regularly about uh, the, all these situations. The situation in the Ukraine was uh, 
predicted by Dr. Mearsheimer down at the UC, you know, 15 years ago when they came up with the um, uh, the Bucharest agreement that um, was contrary to Russian red lines. And um, uh, so these things are predictable to some degree, and um, it might be useful to have an institution dedicated to generating solutions. That's the only thing I can think of. So, Thank you so much, Ken. And actually, there is an institution that's supposed to do that. It's called the United Nations. Um, and it's not uh, functioning very well. And all the other countries in the world are calling for a ceasefire. And uh, that's been vetoed by the United States and Israel. Um, and actually, on both sides, there are what are war crimes, uh, according to international law. So I guess there used to be wars where, where knights fought hand-to-hand -hand combat with swords or whatever. But now, maybe since World War II, maybe before that too, but uh, civilians are... Uh, Great casualties, and in this situation in Israel and Palestine, it seems like civilians have been intentionally targeted, and it's just horrible. This is war crimes. Think our country is maybe supporting that, but anyway, I don't know. I don't have solutions for sure. But thank you, Ken, for your for your comments. Uh, anybody else about how? How we live with this, how we care the situation. Am I so far back that I can't be seen? I see you, but I didn't see your hands up until you spoke. Okay. Hi, Asia. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi. You know, I am reading Norman Fisher's book uh, slowly but surely. The book When I Greet You. When you greet me, no, I don't know. When you greet me, I bow. Yes. Um, and I just happened to be reading a passage on Dukkha this evening. Um, and what he says, what he, what he reminds us, maybe, or points out, is that life is Dukkha. You know, that, that we, you know, it's the first noble truth. Everything is Dukkha, and it's you know, suffering or loss or impermanence. And we have a collective way of trying to, you know, individually and together, um, pretend that it's not. You know, and we can distract us, ourselves from it for a time, or we can, you know, I mean, and there are times that are genuinely happier for each individual in their life. But, um, but when suffering comes up, we want to turn away from it and get outraged that it's even happening at all. And um, and it seems like it's happening more and more and more. I mean, it's, it's truly, truly overwhelming the amount of suffering that we are aware of in this world. And yet, you know, 
there is not so much that we can do about it except to and and i think you know we hear about the suffering in the world i think it probably also maybe brings up our own personal and individual suffering yes and i think that that is what our practice is about is learning how to be with our personal and individual suffering enough that we can help others to be with their personal and individual suffering and i I don't know what more we can do um, because there is a certain amount of suffering in, in this life that is un, un, unavoidable. And I don't know what, what more to say about that, but um, I don't know if a civilian's suffering is any more or less deserved than a soldier's suffering. I don't, I don't understand how we make that distinction. Um, no one should be going through, no one, no one should go through this, but, but we do. And so how can we practice with bearing our suffering and helping others bear the suffering that's there? Yes, okay. So, thank you, Aishan. On Sunday, we're going to have a one-day sitting. And that's the beginning of learning how to be human. We highly underestimate how impulsive and petty and fearful, we fear bite as humans. And these are deeply a part of our DNA. So I feel in sitting and supporting each other in our little Sangha nuggets, our community, our circle of refuge and love and caring and facing the fact of suffering, that this is this is like the only hope we have is to settle enough and bond together and then we know we'll know how what our individual response is but you know I've been sitting for a little while I still am amazed at a lifetime of saucing can go out the window in an instant Mm -hmm. Like Jerry maybe said, somebody took wanted a parking space, took two parking spaces instead of one. That seems like a small thing, but when we sit, we realize suffering, and we also realize peace. And it's not just sitting on a cushion; it's moving about the world with this heart and mind of sazen. So these are really uh, <coughs> deep things. But every time I hear about the suffering, I'm just like, I need to settle a little more and find a little more love in my heart and a little more openness to be with all of this. That's, that's just my feeling. So I'm, I feel so grateful that we have this opportunity here in our Sangha to sit together and support each other, just like we're doing tonight. So many other places. I wish we could offer that, you know, everywhere.
at all times. Maybe we could, I don't know. Anyway. And I want to say to Jason, you still there? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. You know, you and your dad and your family, your beautiful family have been in my heart. And thank you for sharing your stories of Jeff and your kindness with us, Jason. Thank you, Hokatsu. Yes. This, this uh, truth of suffering, dissatisfaction, impermanence, whatever you want to call it, is a noble truth because we can't face it. We sit facing the wall of our suffering. Uh, we sit facing our sadness. And of course, there is also joy and playfulness in our lives and in the world. And I think one thing that's important that Wade brought up is friend from Dubai uh, who's facing all this with such dignity that uh, it's important that we also be aware of the world outside our little sangha, even as we dig deeper into supporting and being supported by our sangha. So uh, to do this work, uh, to do the Buddha's work of of trying to bring awareness and kindness and caring and, and facing suffering and sadness. You don't have to be a Buddhist, you know. Uh, it's, and this is why I, I'm, I was so touched by Norman Fisher's words about the situation in Israel and Palestine because he included everyone. So we're all in it together somehow and, and, uh, so yes, there's going to be an obituary for her books in the week next Sunday. That's going to announce about that. But we we come together and face all of this, and it it is we support each other and we are supported by communities. So thank you. Does anybody else have anything you want to add? David. Um. Now there's, there's so much that's going on that we, we have as individuals do not have the power to change. Now, I cannot change leaders of Hamas and I cannot change Netanyahu and the people who are supporting him. But I can in my own life remember one thing in that is I can give kindness to everyone I meet. Um, when I was a Blackfoot shaman, and I would greet the seven directions, and one of the things that the Blackfoot would do when they would stand in front of a, a tribal you know, council, the first words they would speak were, in the name of all our relations, I do not speak just for myself. I speak for the deer. I speak for the buffalo. I speak for those who fly in the sky. I think speak for those who upon the earth and if we can in our everyday life we don't know if it will have an effect or if it will not but if we can act in our own way with a bit of kindness to everyone we meet perhaps just perhaps it will make some little difference 
and hopefully it will build and build. And we will learn to, as a species, learn to be kind once again. Thank you, David. Thank you to everyone who's spoken. Uh, I just want to add one thing as an old activist that in addition to the critical importance of just being kind to ourselves and to each other and the people around us, there were this weekend huge demonstrations for ceasefire to stop the violence in Israel and Palestine. I think 300,000 people in the war. Um, so uh, this happened before the invasion of Iraq as well. Uh, I don't know how much this has an impact, but it seems to have changed the tone of our government in the last video. Um, yes. So anyway, anything you can do to express this kindness. And I again, just one last thought. It's, it's, it's I think, also important for us. Now, I know it's important for me because sometimes I get enraged. And what I have to do is I have to separate the person from the wrath. That every person has dignity. Every person is a living being. I may disagree with their acts, but I still have to honor their dignity as a human being. And it's difficult. But that I think is something to remember that's important to remember. Thank you, Dave.